Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning at 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. We're two hours away from what looks like a higher open on the day with futures up relatively strongly. S&P futures 11 points higher right now, about half a percent. Here's some of the corporate news we are watching this morning. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway marketing bonds in euros to help repay a bank loan, offering bonds maturing in 4, 8, and 12 years to pay off loans used in the acquisition of precision cast parts. That's according to a person familiar with the matter. Burberry shares up this morning. Uh, speculation, the Intercontinental Exchange also is financing a bid for the London Stock Exchange Group, uh, according uh, to people familiar with the matter. It will go to head-to-head with uh, Deutsche Börse to win control of the U.K. company. Uh, Prudential, the U.K.'s largest insurer, reporting a 19.3% increase in pre-tax profit. And Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund, the world's biggest, had its worst year since 2011. The government pension fund Global returned 2.7% in 2015 after rising 7.6% the previous year. Now let's check in with Michael Barr at the latest world national headlines. Mike? Mike, thank you very much. Democrat Bernie Sanders scored an upset win in the Michigan presidential primary last night. Sanders' rival Hillary Clinton easily won Mississippi. Clinton spoke to supporters in Cleveland ahead of next week's primaries in Ohio and other states. You're here tonight, and you're going to do everything you can in this next week, along with people in Florida, Illinois, Missouri, North Carolina, who are going to the polls. Clinton is more than halfway to the delegate account needed to win the nomination. Meanwhile, Clinton and Sanders will hold their eighth debate tonight. For the Republicans, Donald Trump stretched his lead in the delegate count with wins in Michigan, Mississippi, and Hawaii. Ted Cruz won Idaho. Pentagon officials say U.S. airstrikes targeted and may have killed a top commander of the Islamic State terrorist group. The commander who goes by the alias Omar the Chechen is said to have operated in both Syria and Iraq. North Korea is publicizing what it claims is a mock-up of a key part of a nuclear warhead. Leader Kim Jong-un says his country has developed miniaturized atomic bombs that can be placed on missiles. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. And for that, we bring in John Stashauer. Thanks, Mike. Busy night for the locals in hockey and hoops. Rangers were coming off a loss to the Islanders, but they have not lost back-to-back games since mid-December, and that streak continues with a 4-2 win at Buffalo to stay three points ahead of the Red Hot Islanders, who are back home from a 6-1 road trip and who got by Pittsburgh 2-1 on an Anders Lee goal in the third period. Knicks have not had back-to-back wins since mid-January. That streak continues, outscored in each quarter in a 110-94 loss at Denver. 17th loss in the last 21 games, Carmelo Anthony scored 30 versus his former team. In Toronto, Brooke Lopez had 35, but the Nets blew a 16-point halftime lead, fell to the Raptors 104-99. Neither Fairleigh Dickinson or Wagner had been to the NCAA tournament in the last decade. It's FDU who's going, having gone to Staten Island to win the Northeast Final on the road, 87-79. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Thank you, John. As we mentioned, we're seeing strength in uh, the markets. Uh, in Europe, no exception. The stock 600 now up by four points 
1.2%. The ECB is meeting tomorrow. We will have Mario Draghi's press conference for you live here on Bloomberg Surveillance, 8.30, Wall Street time. This is Bloomberg Radio. And this is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. The uh, markets uh, change in psychology from yesterday, shall we say, where uh, maybe there was some consolidation going on. Right now, we're looking at people buying in. S&P futures up by 11 points, half a percent. Dow futures 90 points higher. That's also half a percent on the day. Gold, uh, concomitantly, is down nine dollars, twelve fifty-three. 80. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Thanks, and good morning, Michael. Coming up on 735 on Wall Street, and here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Time to stretch STEM studies. The New York Times reports the federal government is preparing to publish a rule on Friday that will make international students earning degrees in science, technology, engineering, and math eligible to stay for three years of on-the-job training. This is seven months longer than under the 2008 rule it replaces for the STEM Optional Practical Training Program, known as OPT. It's set to take effect on May 10th. This is fueling the debate between industry leaders who say they're desperate for skilled talent and tech workers complaining it's an end run around stalled immigration reform and an assault on American workers. An artificial intelligence system developed by Google beat a top-ranked player of the ancient brain-challenging board game Go. In a televised match in South Korea, Google's self-learning deep mind technology seems to have mastered one of the most creative and complex games ever devised. And Tyson, the big U.S. chicken producer, is facing special challenges in China, where consumers have been chastened by years of food safety scares. The company has added to some of its chicken products a quick response code that can be scanned with a smartphone to see exactly where the bird was slaughtered and when the meat arrived in the store cooler. That's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Thank you, Bob. Well, a lot to focus on China over the past week as the Party Congress figures out what the Chinese economy is going to be like, command-driven, top-down. So their plans are to bring in growth this year, 65 to 7% on the year. And to do that, they are going to add short-term stimulus. We've already seen reserve ratio cut. And they are going to, they say, start cutting overcapacity in some industries like steel production. Asia Times columnist David Goldman follows what's going on in China very closely. He joins us now. Uh, David, uh, let's start with the growth numbers, 65 to 7%, certainly lower than we have seen in years, but still, uh, people say, relatively ambitious. Well, that's a blend of very strong growth in the consumer and tech sectors and very bad growth, negative growth, in fact, in traditional cement, steel, and other smokestack industries, which are, in many respects, past their use-by date. So what the GDP number comes out is is much less important to me than the kind of qualitative improvements we want to see from a number of industries. And I think if you follow what Chinese private tycoons are talking about, we'll have a number of benchmarks. We want to see uh, uh, a quantum leap in efficiency of solar power. We want to see improvement in the quality of local production of consumer goods. We want to see continued expansion of 
e-commerce and e-finance, which is China's great success story. So I think it's the qualitative supply-side bottom-up aspect of the Chinese economy that will make the difference as opposed to aggregate demand management. And that's really what the government has been saying. Well, um, in terms of that supply side, they are going to try to address overcapacity, cuts in steel and coal production, and more promises to deal with the zombie companies, particularly those on bank balance sheets. What progress will they make? Well, it will be uneven because governance in China is a work in progress, to put it charitably. But it's much easier to shut old companies down than it is, for example, to get the Chinese to buy locally made rice cookers. One of the proverbial uh, issues that keeps coming up is that Chinese like to buy Japanese rice cookers because basic consumer products are simply better uh, overseas. So the uh, chairman of Xiaomi, the extremely successful low-cost Chinese smartphone producer, is talking about moving into basic consumer items, producing a higher quality product at a lower cost. One of the proof stones of Chinese productivity is going to be their semiconductor investment. Uh, as Bloomberg has been reporting and many others, China plans to spend about $160 billion to um, reduce its foreign dependency on semiconductor imports. Now they import about half. That's going to be a critical test of how good they are. The solar industry, which is now getting to grid parity uh, in China in terms of cost, is going to be a critical issue because they've got to be shifting away from coal, which is a terrible pollutant, to renewables as well as nuclear and other cleaner sources uh, of energy. So I think it's going to be those industries which we have to watch and where the real opportunities are. I know some of the smartest tech venture capitalists in the world are massively involved in China right now. I think it's the world's biggest opportunity. They're really concentrating on Internet, e-commerce, e-finance, social media, uh, and other things which exploit the, uh, the prospective efficiencies of uh, distribution. Well, let's continue. David Goldman uh, from Asia Times uh, on China and what lies ahead for the Chinese economy. The Chinese stock market finished down on the day by 1.3%. That's a 39-point drop there in Hong Kong. It was a 15-point drop, a tenth of a percent. But stocks around the rest of the world are higher. Stock 600 in Europe up by 1.2% right now. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by NYCB. Ask about their My Community Interest Checking with free NYCB online and mobile banking. Earn more, get more. Visit nycbfamily.com for details.